Stay tuned for today's antidote brought to you by the Renegade Success Network. Today's antidote features a healthy dose of thought-provoking insights and information for business owners, entrepreneurs, leaders, and nonprofit professionals. Each day since March of 2020, this program has offered that one thing to help you continue on your own unique pathway to success. And now, Renegades, we bring you Bob Graham and Tom Brush. Do, 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 do. Good morning, Tom. How are you today? Happy Wednesday. I am well. Happy Wednesday to you, Bob. How are things at your place? They're nice. They're nice. I'm actually getting ready to make a drive back down to the beach later today. Nice. Yes. Just in time for some cold, wet weather. Great time to be at the beach. I, you know what? It's kind of fun to be at the beach now because when you're at the beach now, the people who are at the beach in Delaware, when they go up to the water, they want to be up at the water. They're not the touristy people. They're the people who have come with intent. Like last weekend, I was on the beach on Saturday, and it was about 65 degrees and no wind, sunny. There were lots of people on the beach. They were all the local residents. Hmm. You could hear the discussion about local stuff. They weren't the people that drove in from Delaware or from uh, Philly or Baltimore, Washington. And I like that crowd. They're fun to be around because they... Most of them are retired and they just enjoy life and they tell great stories. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure it will be a fun upcoming weekend for you. Yes. Yes. So welcome everyone to today's Antidote, our daily podcast and broadcast, <laughs> uh, where we try to have a conversation around, try is really a good word, try to have a conversation around a topic. This week's topic is value of an hour. And today we're going to talk about increasing your value. And before we get to that, we are going to dive right into our celebrations. The first thing we do every day on the show. What are you celebrating today, Bob? I am celebrating the great people I meet when I'm at the beach. I've, I've met so many really fun people that have told me stories about uh, being a waterman. I talked to a guy who was a waterman uh, out in the ocean and what that was like. I talked to a guy that ran a tugboat. I talked to a guy who had a multi-million dollar business and sold it about 10 years ago. And another guy who was selling pizza ovens hmm. all over the country. And he said, here's what I do all day. I usually get two or three calls. Everything is done by other people. It's the, and I said, do you make money? He's like, I make, for those three calls, I make an obscene amount of money. I was like, well, if you ever want to like teach someone how to do that, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to shadow you for a day. Sure. Yeah. And you can be a pizza oven salesperson. That's it. Fascinating. I like it. Yes. Yes. How about you? What are you celebrating? So I'm celebrating that uh, I have been um, waiting on a potential client to finally make some decisions about uh, facilitation of a board meeting for a nonprofit organization. And finally today, actually yesterday, I got an email that said they're ready to move forward. They're gonna, we're gonna do it in January, the date and time and all that type of stuff. So it's a great opportunity and it's around a great topic. It's around uh, the board and their role in fundraising, which okay. I think is always a key element 
for nonprofit organizations and their boards is getting the board involved in fundraising and what that role looks like and how usually it can be made easier for board members who aren't usually uh, don't usually like to or aren't very don't have a lot of experience with fundraising. So it's a good topic. To Often about. overlooked, right? Often overlooked um, and underutilized. Especially with younger or newer newer organizations and smaller organizations who so often are looking for other resources from board members and sometimes forget about the value and really the the role of the board member is to make sure that the organization um, is strong financially and is carrying out all, all its judicial no what's that word <coughs> judiciary. judiciary responsibility so but you see this in businesses as well where when you i've worked at some jobs where when we explained to the employees what we were looking for and how they could better present what we do they would i worked for a homeschooling company and our employees we had 75 employees like guys you know people at homeschool talk about what we do and we saw an uptick in business because the employees were going to Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner and instead of just going, well, I work at this company and we deal with homeschooling. They were like, do you know that we have 5,000 families that we provide curriculum for from kindergarten through eighth grade? And the average cost is like $522. And people are like, whoa, tell me more. Yes, you're telling your story, which is you're stealing my whole presentation. So if any of those people are going to be at that board meeting, <laughs> you might not need to come. Sorry Bob about just, that. Uh, Bob just gave away my secrets. Tell your story and get people engaged. And then they might want to learn more. And one of the ways they could learn more or be more involved is through giving of their financial resources. So, yes. All right. Well, I'm going to move to what today is in the world, what we're celebrating in the world, Tom. What are we celebrating in the nation today? It is pretend to be a time traveler day. I know you're going, well, why can't we have Renegade Day if we, but for pretend? just a second, I'd like to pretend to be a time traveler. You Is that me. like pretend to eat con candy and, and <laughs> talk about it? Would you, if you could travel in time, would you travel backwards or forwards? That's or really if I may, I'll do my share impression because I rarely get to do it publicly. Oh, no. If I could turn back time. There you go. Okay. <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know. See, um, that's, and I will post that in our Ring Around the Gates Facebook group because if you go backwards, you could find out about things that have happened. Like, I would love to have hung out with Shakespeare while he wrote one of his plays. Dude, walk me through what you're thinking here. But if I went forward, you know, I could find out whether COVID's ever going to be in the rearview mirror. If, sure. You know, if if we can get to a place where globalization actually works the way we want it to. So there are benefits going both ways. It's I think it's a fascinating discussion. And by the way, Tom, I just want to say, I want extra credit today for making one of the worst days in the world into something thoughtful. Okay. Uh, you get Bob gets extra credit, everyone. There you go. That's go all find, I want. Where is my scorecard? My, my five love languages, words of affirmation are number one for me. Wait, what? Have you ever done the five love languages? 
No. Oh, we'll have to talk about it. I, I, I did it with the company the other day. Okay. I'll show it to you. You'll let, you might use it with your nonprofits. It's really interesting. So okay. people, it helps you figure out what a person's um, preferred method of being recognized is. Some people like quality time. Some people like acts of service. Some people like um, uh, gifts. And some people like words of affirmation. I like words of affirmation followed by gifts. Uh, and the fifth one is physical touch. Okay. Is and, that appropriate in the workspace? Well, it doesn't have to be physically touching. Long eye contact when you're talking to us to someone can substitute for physical touch. Or being feeling really creepy and <laughs> weird about what's going on there. So we have gone way off track. We should get back on track. We could probably do a whole week on the five love languages, but. Write that down. All right. I'm writing it down. Five All right. So let's dive into our topic today. We uh, are this week. This week, we've been talking about the value of an hour. And as we go through this, if you have thoughts you can share, please feel free to put it in the comments. If you are watching this on LinkedIn Live, YouTube, Facebook. LinkedIn Live. I'm going to start saying that more just to get you to do that. You like that, good. don't you? Yeah, that could be part of the new uh, the new reel for the holiday season of Bob's <laughs> gestures throughout the uh, throughout today's antidote. LinkedIn Live. We had someone do one of those last year, and it was priceless. There's yes. No so anyhow, please feel free to put comments in if you would like. Um, if you are watching the podcast, please feel sorry. If you're listening to the podcast, please feel free to share it with others and rate our show because we would love to help um, others see more about it. So with that, let's talk about the value of an hour. And our topic today is increasing your value of that hour. Want to share some thoughts on that, Bob? Sure, Tom. First of all, an hour is an hour. It's 60 minutes. You can't make it 90 and you do best not to make it 20. It's 60 minutes. So what can you do most effectively in that time? And I like to think, what are the things that I can do most effectively in that time? So when you and I are working on a project together, we've gotten into a sort of shorthand where it's like um, you do certain things and I do certain things. Now, lately, it's been you do 90% I do 10%, but that's a different story. But we try to allocate our resources because we're both busy with a lot of different things. And so we try to say, you know, do you have time? We talked about this, this whole uh, today. Do you have time to do what we're doing today? Yes. Okay. When will it work for you? And we wrapped it around other things. But the other part of valuing an hour is, what are the things that you can offload to someone else? So I do not prepare my taxes. Could I prepare my taxes? Absolutely. But for $375, I get my personal taxes and my business, both businesses taxes completed. And I don't lose sleep over it. I, I do my prep work. I get my QuickBooks ready. And then I offload it because the time I can do better in that time it takes to do that with doing things that I'm strong at than to 
sit and worry about the IRS code and what's a what's a legitimate expense? Does this mileage qualify? As a, what's the mileage rate? Not that's just that's not my strength. And I'll give you another example. I was working with someone where we had to put some numbers into an Excel spreadsheet and do some manipulation. I was like, uh, that's not me. Can I do it? Yes. I don't enjoy it. I'm not. It's detail stuff. I'm not a detail guy. How about this person do that? And I will do the discussion with the customer, which is my strength. Oh, that sounds great, Bob. So allocating resources based on what's the best use of your hour. Now, I know there's someone out there who's bootstrapping going, I can't afford to have someone else do other stuff. I don't have any money. I get it. But what you will find is when you can effectively allocate time and resources and money to other people helping you, you will get a better result because I built my company's first website over three weekends, six days, six long, annoying days, like 10 hour days each. I spent 60 hours on a website that should have taken any web professional two and a half, three hours max. If I had paid a person to do that in three hours, even if they charged me $2,000, I would have had my six weekend days free. And the value of that weekend time, not that I was going to generate revenue, but I would have gotten away from my work so I could come back to it Monday, not being totally torqued because the second week I went back to work on Monday and I said something really stupid to one of my customers. And I know it's because I was just really ticked off because I had worked for two straight weeks, no days off, no rest. And the silly website wasn't even done yet. And so I learned the lesson there. And it's a lesson I have to re remind myself all the time because I like to do things myself. I fall in the trap of if I own a business, I yeah. should do it myself. I know you're shocked, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that, we do. We all are that way, I think. I think there's a lot of people who feel like that's part of the response. That's part of the job of owning your own business is doing everything. And I think that's the trap that we fall into. And and I think that it's now again, like it's interesting. You did that work on the weekend. And so in some regards, you were at least not using that time as your in office, whatever that looks like. Right. Um, nine to five, if we want to call it that uh, time for your business. So you were increasing your value <clears throat> in hours that were not typical business time. They were not, you're not replacing doing other business stuff to do that. So I think there is some level of increasing your value there. And it also could lead to what you were discussing is not being as prepared when you get to those hours or as, as mentally clear and focused as you would have liked to have been. Or not being as effective. You know, sure. if I work from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. and then I go, you know, I'm going to grab some dinner and then I'm going to work a little more tonight. I'm not nearly as effective. I, what would take an hour at 9 a.m. when I'm doing it at 9 p.m. easily takes two hours. Sometimes sure. three. And the quality is not as good either. And I think the interesting thing about that is that is that is you. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I think 
one of the things I found out about myself is my times of effectiveness are, are earlier in the day and later in the day. Midday, I know my mind wanders and I struggle, you know, because I usually get up at whatever time and start doing. Thank God we do this program early in the morning. Yes. If we did it like 11 o'clock, we'd be all over the place. We would be all over the place. Well, I, I think I would look at things differently and I would maybe see this as the conclusion to the first part of my day rather than as the beginning, you know? So now I realize that, okay, at about 7.15, I start doing some of the setup stuff so that it's ready. Then I step away and then I come back. And then I'm usually pretty focused until about one or so. But I know, and I know that between one and four, my mind starts to wander a little bit. And, and I sometimes have found that not working then in allows me to be more effective at four or four thirty or <clears throat> seven o'clock at night when I go back and I want to work for two hours. Wait a second, Tom. Are you telling me that you run a business and you work from like seven fifteen to one, and then you take three hours off and then you go back to work and work till seven, and you call yourself a business owner? Not every day, and. There are ways to do that. Yes. I, I'll tell you in the I'm spring. I'm facetious. I think it's great. Well, in the spring, it'll definitely be that, you know, because I'll have lacrosse games that are in the early afternoon, but I have to drive to get to them. And and I think that's part of, you know, increasing the value is increasing can be financially increasing. It can also be <coughs> other ways of increasing the value. And it could be just that you are, finding the times that you're most and least effective and working in the ones that you're most effective and maybe doing something different than times that you are least effective as a way to not just, as you had shared, do work that is not as, as well executed. Your mind isn't as clear, focused on it. And you sometimes make mistakes that, that you wouldn't otherwise not make if you had more clarity and focus. Yeah. I mean, a couple summers ago, I was at the beach and they had a golf course on the property and I would play golf at like 1130 to 115 every day. I just didn't book meetings. It was the greatest thing in the world. I, I was, I loved my day. Now it meant I worked later in the evening till six or seven, but it's like, ah, I played golf for an hour and a half. I got no problems here. And I think that's what's available to us is managing your time in a way that you're maximizing it. To me, maximizing my time was I'll double time in the morning. I'll double time in the afternoon if I can play golf for two hours in the middle of the day. Sure. And for someone else, it might be I want to go out and do my gardening or for a team leader. I want to come in after I take my kids to school. Because it's important to me to get them to school and make sure they're at school and I want to have that breakfast time with them, whatever it is. And I think the pandemic, one of the great things about the pandemic is it opened the door to these discussions because so many people that were in an office nine to five or eight to four, Monday through Friday, suddenly worked at home and got a lot more done in a lot less time and managed their life. Sure. You know, well, they took care of kids, they took care of all the other things that you had to do in difficult circumstances. So I think employers now don't have the well, you have to be in the office because we have an office. 
you didn't have an office for a year and I survived. So why now? And some people would argue they thrived, that they were more effective. You know, I think one of the biggest challenges is that for people who for when you're in that nine to five setting, you are pretty stuck. You know, like I, I was my son's a teacher and he had an issue with his bank card. And so they were like, well, just come in and get a new one. And he's like, well, school starts at I got to be there at whatever, 730. And it doesn't get out until 330. It means I have to be there until four. That doesn't necessarily work. And so I think so you have additional stresses that play on your effectiveness and the value of your time while you are there. You know, if you're spending time worried about, well, I'm not getting this done because I can't leave my space. That's not going to make it make me as effective trying to do the job that someone is paying me for. And I, right. and I think, as you shared, that's the thing that we're discovering is that one, people don't all work as effectively at the same times mm -hmm. and often they're getting as much done in less time as they in the past had gotten done in more time. And I think that people are starting to understand. Now, I think the challenge is that doesn't mean that it's any less stressful. No. You know, if it takes me, if it takes someone six hours or eight hours to do something, and it only takes me four, that doesn't mean that like, oh, hey, let's give them more work. Right. It, it could, and I might be able to take that on. And it might also be that like, hey, look, it's just something that I'm really strong at and it comes easier to me. And so I was able to accomplish it. Doesn't mean that it didn't, that I didn't have all these other things that I had to do leading up to that. Right. To get to that point. And, and I think, you know, the other thing so often is, you know, we offered this course, mm -hmm. right? Our find success, the renegade way. And one of the, some of the feedback we got from people who decided they didn't want to do it was they didn't have time. Mm hmm and in reality, when we put it together, we put it together for two, you know, for the first two weeks, just a 15 minute block. And then for the last four weeks, two 15 minute blocks. And I and think you could schedule into your day at any time. Correct. And in reality, if you took that time to do and learn those lessons, you would gain back more time than you lost in taking it. And I think that's the misconception is we don't have time to increase the value of our hour. We don't right. have, I can't take time to do something that is going to add to my knowledge, experience and perspective, which is going to allow me to do my role more effectively. Or build my team. How many times have you heard someone say, I can't afford to train someone. I, I'm just going to do it myself. I can't hire someone. I don't have the bandwidth to do the training. And that's going to put me further behind. Whereas if you train the person, yes, it might take you a week of hard training, but after that week, they're going to fly and deal with it and you can do other stuff. I've, I've had that discussion ad nauseum. Well, it's a whole, it's a whole thing of onboarding, right? Right. How much time do we help get someone get acclimated to a new situation or do we just throw them to the figure it out? Well, right. trying to figure it out is going to take a lot longer. And they're going to have less results in their hours than if someone had actually taken the time to help them get completely acclimated. And then over the long haul, 
that we we implemented a new software system when I was in my last role. And we knew that the only way we were going to be able to maximize and leverage that is if we took the time to learn it so that we understood its capabilities. So rather than have people sit there and struggle, and actually it was a system that we had had, just no one had ever been trained on it. So three of us went out and spent three days. Now you could say that those three days, there was no value to the organization for that. There was no, we didn't, and we were in connecting and engaging with alumni. We weren't doing that there. And I would argue that in the long run, it made us one, use our equipment more effectively. We could train the other people so that we spent less time in the future on the technology or being frustrated by it and more time in connecting and engaging with people because we didn't have to focus on those things. And I think that's an important thing for people to stop and realize is that an hour spent or two hours or two days spent building your knowledge, experience and perspective or 20 minutes if you want a laser solution session can infinitely increase the value that you have to leverage in the hour that you are working. Yeah, and and it doesn't have to be formal things. Like I read the newspaper each day online and I gather information. And you could say, well, that doesn't really help you with your customers, except for the fact that there was something in the paper yesterday that I used with a customer. And there was something today that I sent to a customer and both of them were like, whoa, that's exactly what I'm dealing with. So there's a value. And the fact that I can gather that information has a real value to customers because they're not getting that information. And so I think we have ways to, it doesn't have to be formal to look at how we increase our value and how we increase the time, you know, better use of time. It can be something as simple as, you know what? I'm going to take an hour every Friday to plan my next week. Because I know if I plan my next week and I schedule my meetings and I make sure there aren't going to be problems in my schedule next week, that's going to make it a whole lot easier for me, for my team and for my customers. And you'd be like, well, I can't afford an hour to plan. Well, okay. How many times have you gotten to Monday afternoon and realized you double booked Tuesday? Now you're making two annoying phone calls. Whereas if you say on Friday, you call them up and go, hey, I'm looking out at next week. I'm really sorry. I double booked Tuesday. What's available to you? I want to make sure that we solve this now rather than when you're expecting me to be on a call on Tuesday. Sure. And yeah, we, don't, we don't give that value. But what's that value to your customer when you're saying to them, I, va- I value you and your time by making sure I don't double book. Yes, I think that there's so often we get caught in the trap of what we feel needs to be done Mm -hmm. rather than what we are most effective at. I mean, I clearly remember a conversation with a, a leader of an organization who wanted to do other things, who who wanted to be, who knew that a big part of their role was getting out in the community, working with their board directly, things that they actually really enjoyed and knew would help move the organization forward faster. And yet they found themselves caught in their their building or office space on things that 
Yeah, did they need to get done? Sure. Somebody needs to make sure the trash gets taken out. Somebody needs to make sure that that broken sign gets fixed. But if they're spending their time, effort, and energy, their value that they have within the hours that are available on that, they're not really moving the organization forward in the way that they could. And, and I think when we had that conversation, they started to realize, well, yeah, I, I guess I am. Why am I doing that? Is there someone else who could do that so that I can focus on those things that are going to increase the value of my hour and the hour as it relates to the organization rather than decrease it? It requires thought. It, it really does. And it, and it requires an acknowledgement. And this would be my one thing. You have to really think about things strategically. And I, the way I do it now is I try to think of, I, I'm, I'm the leader of my company, but there's a big boss above me that's also me. And that big boss allocates my time. And that big boss might say, Bob, really? You're going to build the website? Bob, you're you're gonna you're gonna design the business card. You're gonna do this. You're gonna take gifts to your clients. Oh, okay. You know what, Bob? That makes sense. You taking gifts to your clients because that builds a relationship. That's a good use of your time. But you building the website, you doing the business cards. I got bad news. As Big Bob on this one, that's not gonna happen. Big Bob and Little Bob. I kind of like that. <laughs> But it's just the way it's the way I make it real to myself because in the moment I want to do everything. I feel like I'm obligated to do everything. It's not that I want to, I feel I have no choice. Well, and I almost think that if you don't create that other role, it's hard for you to step out of your current role to see that this might be an issue, that this might not be the most effective way to get value out of your hour. Yep. And, and I think that's always the biggest challenge is that it's very hard for anyone to step out of their role to see the things that might be going on that they can't see. Right. And, and I think that those are the things that having a laser solution session with us, taking this Find Success the Renegade Way program, getting coaching support, that helps you see things you can't see so that you can better leverage each hour that you have and the value that you can provide or get from that time. Was your one thing in there? I think so. I think it's that, that there are lots of ways to increase the value of your hour, yet so often they're hard to see and yes. they're hard to really comprehend is that it could be doing things differently it could be taking time to do something that might not seem like it's increasing the value, and it does. Understanding, there's a lot of one things in here. Understanding when you do things most effectively and using those hours to do the things that are going to move you forward the fastest. And, and now you have Tom's Today's Antidotes for the month of December. We'll be back right. January 1st with another episode. <laughs> I'm it, I think it's just, a, it's it's a... It's a really important topic for all of us to consider is how are we using our hours and what is the value we're getting out of them and and not and the value we're providing to our customers or to our team. Right. Yeah, Correct. Correct. 
Yeah, what is the value? Not just what we're getting, it's what we're delivering to whoever we're serving. Yes, which could be ourselves. But in an organization, like your executive in the organization, it's what can that person do to support that organization? Correct. And if, if it's that, if them being the best leader they can be, which being the best leader they can be means maybe I need to go out and get some outside new knowledge, experience, perspective, or I need to realize that the maintenance of the building, while I need to oversee all of it, I don't need to do it because that's not getting the most out of the hour that I, that I could, the most value out of it or the organization getting the most out of it. Right. So there's so much to take into it that I, I think it's it's overwhelming, really. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's why a lot of people get frustrated and stuck. Or don't deal with it. it. Or, or just uh, or don't avoid it altogether. Correct. Avoid I'm just going to keep doing it. A great technique for inefficiencies and ineffectiveness. Well, but I, I think for a lot of people, Tom, they don't see it. Absolutely. That, and I think that you know, would be my I've, point. I've always done this. I, I started my company 12 years ago, and I've always done this. This is my role. Like, I, I worked with a company where the CEO went and got the mail from the post office, from the P.O. box every day. I, I've always done that. It's how I start my morning. I was like, what if you had a breakfast with the key customer every morning? Oh, that'd be really useful. Okay. Could someone else get the mail? Turned out there was an employee that lived right next door to the post office. They could literally walk out their door, check the mail, get back in their car and drive to work. The executive still wanted to get the mail because he had always done it. Sure. is what they were comfortable with. And maybe, maybe now, if it kept them from doing that, from doing the other important things like going right. to breakfast, yeah, that's some challenges. If it was, I just feel like there's something of value for me doing that. Right. Don't have to do it. it it's sh as long as it's not causing me to not do other things that are important. Right. You could go to breakfast every morning and then be like, okay. I'm going to drive pick, to the post office, pick this up because there's something about that that adds value to that person, like you playing golf. Right. Like sure. me deciding the middle of the day is not when I'm most effective. Doesn't right. mean that I don't sometimes work then, just means that I know that's really not the time to get really difficult projects done. I got to make sure we never do these in the middle of the day now. I've learned my lesson. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Not that, and not that there aren't times when I can be effective right. at that point. I'm just it, messing with you. I think it's just a good, it's, it's helpful for us to understand when those yes. things are so that we can find ways to be more effective at the things that we are really, as you would think shared yesterday, are really good at and um, like to do because we're going to want to do them more often and more frequently. So we have definitely pushed this topic a long way. Um, Hopefully it was a valuable half hour. Yes. And if you, I hope you found value and maybe that we increased the value of your 35 minutes today. 
Um, so if you have thoughts or comments about that, please feel free to share it in our comments below and feel free to share your one thing about the value of an hour and how to increase your value. Because we would love to hear it and we know others might be looking for it as well. If you are listening to the podcast, uh, as Bob shared yesterday, you can comment to yourself, although that might may or may not be helpful. You can also go to the Ringer Renegades Facebook group and comment on this broadcast where you can be a part of a community to share that comment. So someone else gets to 1100 strong, get to hear the value that you would be sharing by commenting. So we look forward to seeing you inside the Ringer Renegades Facebook group, or we will see you tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Eastern time for our next edition of today's antidote. Have a great day, everyone. Hey, embrace the renegading you. And maybe travel back or forwards in time, depending on what you want to try. Wasn't it pretend to pretend pretend to time travel day? Maybe you'll Take discover a couple minutes and pretend. It <laughs> might <laughs> it might add value and increase the value to your hour. That's we'll it. See. Thanks for listening to today's antidote, powered by the Renegade Success Network. The Renegade Success Network helps you confidently create your own unique pathway to success. To learn more about the Renegade Success Network and how you can take your next step, follow us on Twitter, connect on LinkedIn, or join the Ring of Renegades Facebook group. For full details on how you can join our community, go to renegadesuccessnetwork.com. Embrace the Renegade in you.